It's a game on with Josh Silverberg. Game on! Talking all things sports. It's, it's game on! Yeah, game on! Game on! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to another great episode here of Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Josh Silver. Ladies and gentlemen, you can check us out and so many other great shows right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network by downloading our free app. If you have an Apple or an Android, you go to the Google Play Store, you type in WWSRN. We are right there. It is free. Check us out there on WorldwideSportsRadio.com as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. So much more. We have a lot of stuff to get to as well. Also, number to call the show, 631-672-3108. We're going to do a little conversation, recapping the division round of last week. Speedy and I making our picks as well for this week. We are tied, him and I, so Speedy will come on a little bit later. I'm going to discuss a little bit about the Australian Open, and I'm a tennis fan, and you know the fact that there's been no buzz about this Australian Open, I'm going to give my reasons as to why. Talk a little bit about Jay Briscoe and how AEW finally gave him the recognition that he so rightfully deserved. Do a little bit of uh, Kobe Bryant and his legacy as well. And then we will get to our buzzer beater. Thank you, Stug. Your mom is cool. You need to have her on the show. My mom is not more of an in-talk person. She's more of a uh, type person for sure about that and so much more. So we're going to get to a lot of stuff. We're going to do a little bit of a rundown right now. So here are three topics i like to discuss. Topic number one, let's get to the whole conversation for Jeff McNeil, Jeff McNeil signs an extension with the New York Mets, four years, $50 million, uh, which could have incentives up to $65 million. Fantastic get for the New York Mets. He's one of the best second basemen in baseball, won a batting title last year. His defense really was an uptick as well last year. And to me, when you look at the deals that's going on all throughout baseball, this is a very good one for the New York Mets. It's great value. Guy's going to take it to his 33-age season. I think this is signing your homegrown players because there was some other people on this network that say the Mets don't know how to sign their homegrown players. Well, the Mets signed two of them in Brandon Nimmo and McNeil just because uh, Jacob DeGrom decided to walk away and want to have a ranch in Texas doesn't mean the Mets can't sign their own homegrown players. So that's number one. Topic number two, and that is the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm going to get into it. And the Baseball Hall of Fame, to me, what a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace it was to have Scott Rowland get into the Hall of Fame and everything. Don't mind me. I'm just uh, just trying to get people who are texting me about the show. Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame is a disgrace. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you Scott Rowland's career numbers, okay? 
Here's Scott Rowland's numbers. His career, 316 home runs, 281 batting average, over 2,000 hits, and 7,398 at-bats. Okay? Those are good numbers. Want to go glove, everything of that nature. He did all that. Was never an MVP. I think only finished above 13. I believe once in his career. Now, I'm going to go to Jeff Kent's numbers. This is the guy that got completely got wrote. He's a career 220 hitter in the playoffs. Jeff Kent, his career, 377 home runs, 2,461 hits, a 290 batting average, won an MVP in 2000 when Barry Bonds was his teammate and hit 49 home runs. And his career in the playoffs, he is a career 276 hitter with nine home runs and 23 RBIs. Scott Rowan, I'll dive deeper into his playoff numbers. And their post playoff numbers are five home runs, 12 RBIs, a 220 batting average. Now you tell me, do you think Scott Rowan is a better player than Jeff Kent? Jeff Kent at a position that doesn't have the power, okay, that a lot of these teams have. That's the issue. Jeff Kent, to me, is one of the greatest hitting players of all time. There's a difference with Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon had 2,700 hits. The problem with Johnny Damon is the power numbers, the fielding numbers, all that into play. Johnny Damon's not a whole fame player. Jeff Kent is arguably the greatest hitting second baseman of all time. And I'm also the same person that will tell you Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Barry Bonds definitely. Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. Andrew Jones has over 400 career home runs. You're telling me he's not a Hall of Fame player? Andrew Jones was one of the smoothest center fielders ever played the game of baseball. Came up at the age of 19, helped the Braves win all those division championships as a World Series ring. Jeff Kent won an MVP. Jeff Kent is a career 276 hitter in the playoffs. He's a career 290 hitter overall. At a position that didn't have any power or anything like that. Now you compare Jeff Kent's numbers, and I'm going to pull this one up quick. And everybody's going to—I just—I was looking at this today, and I just want to pop this up, and I want to make sure that I do have the numbers correct. So Ryan Sandberg. I'm going to pull his numbers up. Ryan Sandberg won an MVP. 2,386 hits, 282 home runs, 285 batting average. Jeff Kent, again, 377 home runs, 290 batting average. Jeff Kent was a better player than Ryan Sandberg. Why? Because Jeff Kent didn't interview people? Because he didn't want to talk to the media? Big deal. Give me a break. You're going to sit here and tell me that he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, Jeff Kent, because he didn't talk to people? BS. Nonsense. This has become the Hall of Good, not the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous that Kent got the cold shoulder again for this. Why? Because he didn't talk to the media. Give me a break. Are you serious? Scott Rowland, who was 10% of the vote three years ago, folks, gets in. Harold Baines and Lee Smith are in the Hall of Fame. And this guy's going to get screwed. And then I had another one really quickly, and I'll get into it. And that is in regards to Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner, when you look at his career numbers, 2.31 ERA in his career, 
had over 420 saves in his career. Okay, he had 422 saves in his career. Had a 10.03 ERA in the playoffs. And everybody says, that's not play. That's, that's to me, that is not Hall of Fame worthy for that. Now, I'm going to pull up another guys. And we're talking about the postseason numbers. And we get into all that. Okay. And Trevor Hoffman. Has a career 3.46 year in the playoffs. Here's the thing. How did Hoffman do in his World Series appearance against the Yankees? He was terrible. Billy Wagner has over 400 saves. He should be, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a disgrace that we have Scott Rowland going into the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland, when he got interviewed the other night, he looked surprised that he was going into the Hall of Fame. And then you got next year's ballot. And, and I'm already, uh, you know, Francisco Rodriguez will be a future Hall of Famer in my eyes. He should be. But that fact that Jeff Kent, who had a better career than Ryan Sandberg, is not in the Hall of Fame. But you're going to sit there and tell me that Harold Bain should be in the Hall of Fame? Give me a break. What a joke, because Jeff Kent didn't talk to the media. Please, stop. Ridiculous. It's sad and it's pathetic and it's a joke that that was the case. This just disappointing. You know, I mean, really. Francisco Rodriguez, when you look at Francisco Rodriguez's numbers, and I'm going to pull those up because I was thinking about them the other day. Francisco Rodriguez in his career has 437 saves. And Rodriguez, his career in the postseason, has an ERA of 2.95. You're going to sit there, and also he has the all-time saves record in a season. With 62. You're going to tell me Francisco Rodriguez should be in the Hall of Fame? Give me a break. Stop it. Stop. Back The numbers back it up. The numbers speak for itself. And watch, he'll get screwed and he won't get in. So you have that going on. You have the, the, the thing with the Mets going on. All that and so much more. And then the last thing I, w- I, I did want to do a rundown with was about Kobe Bryant. It's been three years since the, the death of, of Kobe. It's amazing it's been three years, really. With his daughter as well, passing. And Kobe Bryant is in my lifetime, my lifetime, what I've seen. Kobe Bryant is arguably the greatest shooter. Kobe Bryant, to me, is the greatest shooter I ever saw play. My lifetime. Me. That is at least until Steph Curry decided to show up and decided to completely ruin, uh, you know, everything like that. And yes, like I know about K-Rod, it wasn't domestic violence. Stuff. He beat, him and his father-in-law had a fight in the family room at City Field. But going back to Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant is one of the greatest players to ever play in the game. He's a guy that gets accolades still even to this day. Julius Randle, after they beat the Celtics yesterday, had a great conversation yesterday in the postgame because Randall played with, with, with Kobe towards the end of, of Kobe's career. So to me, I think that was uh, something that was great to hear. And the fact that Kobe still gets recognized, which he should. The 81 points at the Garden. All the championships he won. Was a Laker for life. 
team leader, tried to build something. And to me, I think Kobe Bryant, people should watch how he played the game with heart and passion. Was he a ball hog? Sure. 100% he was. But I will tell you, in my eyes, when I look at Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players I ever saw play. Bar none. Period. As he should be. So that's where we are with the with my early rundown. Uh, the Mets and McNeil agreeing to a deal. Hall of Fame nonsense. Kobe Bryant. Let's take a quick break. And then we're going to come back after one commercial. I'm going to recap the division round. What happened? Get into a little Aaron Rodgers conversation about the Packers. Don't sit there and tell me that the New York Jets can't be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear it. And I'll explain why when I come back. Speedy's going to join me for a championship picks. I'll get to a little Australian Open conversation, a little Jay Briscoe conversation, and we'll end with our buzzer beater. And yes, Snug, a cat might pop up. But we'll be right back. This is Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game On! Game On! We're back! Shoot the you're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, tuning in with you every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. We are sorry about the delay, a little bit of technical difficulty, but we are back. Um, another thing, feel better after the COVID issue last week with me. I'm definitely feeling much better, uh, a little nasally, stuff like that, so on and so forth. Glad to see Alex is tuning in, so that's awesome to see. My former co-host at Off The Mat, which will be back in the near future. And when that show does come back, I will be behind the scenes with helping produce Off The Mat uh, with Alex. So that's going to be a great thing, but we'll get into more of that later. Frankie Coniglio saying, let's go Eagles. I think it's a disgrace that a New Yorker would root for any team from Philly or Boston. That's a joke. He should have his New York uh, sports car taken away from him. That's a fact. And everything like that. Also, yes, you can listen to Kenny's show from... Noon to one on Sundays. I hope Snug uh, does this on the other shows that he tunes into and, and prom- promotes my show. That'd be great uh, promotion. There would be free publicity, of course. But let's get into it. You had the division round last week, and all were good games except for one. And we'll start with the basic, of course, the first game and everything of that nature. And by the way, I want to point this out: Frankie is the only Yankee fan that's a complete anti-Met guy. I don't know what the Mets have to do with him or why it affects him so much, but clearly the Mets live rent-free in his head for some particular reason. It's, I don't understand. Maybe he needs something to help him and have some therapeutic stuff. But going on back to the NFL, start with the Jaguars and the Chiefs. And of course, we got the early scare in the game, right? With Patrick Mahomes getting a high ankle sprain. And they were still able to win that game. You know, Jacksonville got off to a slow start. Lawrence started to get comfortable. Uh, Made some nice throws. Kirk had a big drop that he was down the field. And to me, when I look, I think the Jaguars are going to take a lot of this playoff run. Take a lot of experience out of this. This is big for them. We saw Doug Peterson really do a good job. You know, it was, you know, they had the ball in the red zone and then uh, Jacksonville fumbled it at the four, which if they score, I believe it would have been about a minute 50 left in the game. If I'm not or or two minutes left in the game or something like that. And it would have been a one score game at that point. That was a big loss for them. What did Snug say? Listen to game on with Josh Speedy and his cats on Fridays from six, seven next week. Josh will be giving away. I'm not doing that. I don't know where you got that from cupcakes and maybe a kid and I could do 
you have a great website that if you if you do want a a, a kid if you live in New York, great website if you if you do uh, Last Chance Animal Rescue. It's where I got my dog from. But having said that, Chad Henney and I know Chad Henney is getting all this praise and all that and everything like that. Uh, Isaac Pacheco really did all this stuff with the run game on that drive. But that was a killer that Jacksonville let Kansas City score on that drive. Massive killer. You have Mahomes hurt, banged up. And I said, there's no way Mahomes is going to set the rest of this game. And he didn't. He came back. He was not 100%. We know that. And we know he's not going to be 100% this week. It's going to be chilly at Arrowhead. I'm very curious how Cincinnati attacks them in regards to sacking him and seeing how he gets up from that. Because this is going to be a deep pass rush that Kansas City is going to be facing this week coming up. I think Kansas City did enough. Jackson, I'm not, still not selling that defense. The defense is ranked 16th in the league this year. Not completely sold on that on that uh, defense still. They do have a nice defensive line. You know. And I know we're hearing reports, obviously, with the 49ers injuries, and now Kelsey was put on the questionable list. and everything. Trust me, they're all going to play. They're going to play. They're going to get through. But at Kansas City going into this game, questionable, especially with Mahomes not being able to do everything that he's able to do, which is be a magician with the football. Then the next game we had, what a disaster of a game by the New York Giants, losing 35-7. to Sorry, Speedy. Once Hurts made that 30-yard pass down the field to Devontae Smith, we knew where this game was going to go. And then Dable... On the first drive, goes for it on fourth and eight, which I said to myself, I said, it's very early to be doing this, but the reason I think Gable knew he had to do this was because he saw that first drive, how Philly was doing, and he says, we got to match them score for score. We're not going to win this game. You saw a talent differentiation on the field there. You saw the difference in one team, which is a powerhouse in Philly, to the Giants. Now, the Giants had a very easy schedule this year. They played the AFC South. They got to play the AFC North. The NFC North. So they had a very easy schedule this year. Giants have a ways to go. And that Philly team is not going anywhere for a while. But it was just awful from the get-go. But I will tell you this. What I saw from Philly was impressive. But now now it's the real test from Jalen Hurts. What's he going to do against a top, top, top defense? The best defense he's played all season. Now, if you're a Giant fan, you're sitting here saying to yourself, I'm happy with the season. We weren't supposed to be there. Da-da-da-da-da. I would say this leaves a sour taste in your mouth because you just got the doors blown off of you from the moment the whistle blew to start the game. And no shot. Jones wasn't great. Barkley couldn't run the ball. And that defense was a disgrace. I don't care. You're going to say they didn't belong. You're damn right they didn't belong. But that was a disgrace of a performance by the Giants. I don't care about the talent difference between the two teams. Terrible. Wasn't a fair fight. Giants have a ways to go. And Dable coached a horrible game. He didn't go for it in the fourth quarter when he was down by three, by whatever scores. When it was fourth and two, he went to punt. But he went for it on fourth and eight in the first quarter. Does that make any sense to anybody? None. Now again, did the Giants show progress this year? Yes, but it goes back to what I'm saying. They had a very easy schedule this year. They played the AFC South. And they played the NFC North. They didn't have to play the, the, the toughest, toughest, toughest team I believe they played all season was 
you want to say Dallas? I mean, obviously, look, you saw them when they played very tough teams this year, right? They lost to Philly both games, lost to Dallas both games. They beat Baltimore. But they, to me, in, in my eyes, what I saw, and it was the eye test, the Giants have a ways to go with fixing it. Ton of progress, great. Now the schedule is going to be more challenging next year. I want to see the schedule when it comes out. But if you're a Giant fan, you can't be sitting there saying, there was progress this year. That, you're the division round. You beat Minnesota on the road. And then you come out like that. It was awful. No shot. The next game we had, Cincinnati and Buffalo. And this was another team where the Cincinnati Bengals, who I, by the way, I was on the Bills all season long. Before the year started, I had Packers-Bills Super Bowl. That was my Super Bowl. All season long, I was on the Buffalo train. And then I said on the show last week, I didn't like them against New England the last week of the year. I didn't like them against Miami last week in the, in the wild card round. I was skeptical with their defense. Allen wasn't playing the way he should be. And everybody's going to sit here and complain about Stephon Diggs, complaining how he wants the ball, he wants the ball. And I get it. Look, we all, you know, you're frustrated. Especially on the first drive of the game, he had, he had Diggs wide open and he overthrew him. That was an awful performance by the Buffalo Bills, and the wheels keep spinning for them. And I actually feel like Buffalo is now further away from a championship this year than they were last year. And then people are going to say, oh, well, the snow and the cold weather affected them, blah, 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 blah. Cincinnati played in the same game. Cincinnati has weapons in Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. They got this other kid, number 16, who is in the slot receiver. And how about Hunter Henry? Hmm? Joe Mixon ran for over 100 yards. And that defense came out flying. Buffalo, to me, doesn't have enough on offense. They have no running game. Their offensive line is not great. And they have one big weapon in Dix. Dawson Knox had a nice season. But he's not as good as Kelsey. He's not as good as, you know, in my eyes, he's he's not as good. I don't know why I just got booted off with this, but he, he's not as good as those guys. As probably uh, Andrews from, from Baltimore. Sign him. But to me, what I saw was a Cincinnati team. And what I saw from Joe Burrow was as impressive as can be. They were third in the NFL this year in defense. So to me, I think Cincinnati, and look, T. Higgins is probably going to be gone, possibly after this year. He's going to want a new contract. I can see the Giants going on and getting him. Buffalo, they have a lot of work to do. And I know once Von Miller got hurt, that, that hurt them. He had 10 and a half sacks. But that defense was just not great. And Josh Allen looked horrible the last few weeks of the year. Didn't like it. So Buffalo has work to do. And then you had the last game, Dallas-San Francisco. And this was the game everybody was looking forward to. I know I was. And Dak's getting a lot of flack, including on his own team's Twitter page. And rightfully so. Why Rightfully so. And I agree with Slug, by the way. Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. Enough. Dak Prescott was awful in this game. The turnovers, missing plays. I know Tony Pollard getting hurt did not help. Elliott looks finished. To me... Here's the issue. The biggest problem is this. What Dak did in that game, turnover constantly. 
He's not a winning quarterback. And everybody keeps saying, well, what about Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy matched that game perfectly. Brock Purdy matched that game as well as you could possibly match that game. No turnovers. Did everything right. The catch by Kittle was ridiculous. I like where the 49ers were in this game. That defense showed up. Dallas' defense showed up too. But we saw what Dak is, I think, at this point. He's not a winning quarterback. Can't win the big games. Now, look, I'm hearing Dallas fans want to go get Tom Brady. That's not happening. Stop. Let's think of a Dak. In my eyes, Brock Purdy had a better game than Dak Prescott. And you look at it in this perspective. That defense was fantastic for Dallas, for San Francisco. The problem with, with, with Dallas is they have one huge weapon, and that's C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup is their number two. It's not going to fly. They, they got rid of Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz is a nice tight end. They don't have any weapons other than Lamb. Don't like Prescott. Not a fan. Uh, that's And that's an issue. Really quick before Speedy comes in and we get to our championship games, I want to touch bait. I want to touch on the Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets situation. The Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, and they're looking at another offensive senior assistant. This is going to make it grow louder. And I've gotten people telling me that the Jets are not a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers. Here's the deal. The New York Jets statistically this year had the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL. They have Garrett Wilson, who's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. They have Brees Hall, who was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year before he got hurt. They have Elijah Moore. They have t- competent tight ends in Usuma and Conklin. They're going to get Elijah Vera Tucker back on the offensive line. You're going to sit there and tell me you don't think the Jets could be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers? Now, if they got Derek Carr, I'm fine with it. But getting Aaron Rodgers would be fantastic for the Jets. I think they're definitely in the conversation with Kansas City. First of all, Kansas City's defense is ranked 16th in the NFL. Jets are fourth. Other, look, Mahomes and Kelsey, the Jets, I think, would have more depth. Not talent, because you have Mahomes and Kelsey, but more depth on the offensive side than Kansas City would. At the receiver position, at the running back position. You can't sit here and tell me that the New York Jets would not be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers. Now, does Aaron Rodgers want to be in New York? And that's something the Jets need to figure out because they got to get on this Derek Carr thing quick. It's either going to be Rodgers or Carr that's here. Woody Johnson came out and said, I will pay anything to get a uh, top quarterback. Robert Sal said, We're getting a veteran quarterback in here. The New York Jets, I think, really. Yes, Pacheco was a solid running back, but dude, snug. Brees Hall before he got hurt. Brees Hall was dude was a stud. The New York Jets, if they get Aaron Rodgers, are a Super Bowl contender. And you're going to sit here and tell me that they're not. And then people are complaining about, oh, they got they signed Hackett. Let me ask you this: Who were the New York Jets going to hire then? An offensive coordinator. Who are they going to hire? Who are they going to get? Another inexperienced coach coming in. Now Hackett had is up and down. He had a, he had a he had a, a good season in 2017 when he got to the AFC Championship game with the Jaguars. 
But the New York Jets, if they got Aaron Rodgers, in my eyes, would be a Super Bowl contender. And I'm as negative and down and as pessimistic as a Jet fan as there is on this planet. If the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, they're in that conversation. I'm going to bring Speedy in now. Hi, Jeff. I hope you're doing well. Hello, sir. Yes, hello, hello. Uh, yes, so you're right. You're right about everything you thought about the you said about the Giants. Uh, yeah, I was feeling that during that game. That's what I'm, I, for every Giant fan, and this be your Giant fan. I understand they made progress this year. It was great, fantastic. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs. No, I had them as a six and eleven team at the start of the year. But you cannot tell me you sit there last Saturday night and you're saying, huh. Oh, this is okay, I guess. This is fine. Oh no, no, no! I will no, this. definitely not that. I, I would no. go. I would go that extra. I, I, I wanted them to at least compete. They, I, I had them losing a close game. I, I didn't want them to lose thirty-eight to seven. They made Miles Sanders look like a freaking Derrick Henry out there. It was not even a shot. Once Hurts made that pass to Devontae Smith, I said this game is over. Oh yeah, I, Devontae Smith was I, the, my biggest concern with that because the Giants have had a rotating. Entity of slot corners all year. And so. by the way, AJ Brown needs to shut up. By the way, his team is going to the NFC Championship game. He's he's he, he's, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's complaining. He's complaining about um not enough targets. Yeah, <sighs> he's complaining. He's like he's in a lump a lump on a log. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. We'll gladly I mean, take you on the Giants. Or they know the Eagles would never do that. Play football. Your team won thirty-five to seven. You're slump, looking like you just lost the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, that sounds right. Classic AJ Brown. Well, you, you yeah. could have you could have been traded to the Giants, but we know the Eagles will never do that. So, well, look at it in this perspective. You know, you, the, I, I want to see what the Giants do next year. Um, I don't know. Dable coached a miserable game. Yeah, this was one of his worst coach games of the year, I would say. You know what I mean? That's 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 what I'm saying. Mm. You know, to, in, in my eyes, what I'm saying, if you're a Giant fan and you sat there and you're saying, okay, they weren't supposed to get there, stop. I'd rather my team not make the playoffs than lose 35-7 to on national television. Mm. Against a rival team, by the way, my name. Yeah, that and was... That's meant to New England... <laughs> Played the Patriots or or played Buffalo, and lost thirty five to seven. I'm not sitting there saying, "Oh, hooray, they made the playoffs." I'm embarrassed. Yeah, that I'm was embarrassed by that. Definitely not the showcase you wanted to see against an Eagles team that a lot of people were doubting because of the way they stumbled in as the number one seed. They still made the number one seed, but the way they stumbled in, a lot of people. Thinking, including my pick last week, was thinking it could be a closer game. I thought the Giants would cover. I thought the Giants would be able to hang tough defensively. That was definitely not the case. The defense could not get any pressure. The Eagles just dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage. And when they could do that, a lot of bad things can happen. And pretty much everybody besides A.J. Brown had the games of their lives. Well, I mean, uh, what's it? who's a tight end? On, Goddard. Uh, God, yeah. I mean, that guy, you... The Giants couldn't stop, and you know they 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 couldn't, you know they they couldn't even catch a cold at that point with the game the way they were playing. It was embarrassing. And then to sit there, now look, we're going to get into our games now. The Eagles are jumping up in class this week, and we'll start with that the first game. So Speedy sent me the lines. Thank you, Speedy. Uh, the Four Niners Eagle. The over under is forty six. I believe the Eagles are two and a half over the Niners. 
And to me, this is fascinating. I'll go first on this game, and I'll let you go first on the next game. All right. So I know it's. I know you're still in your head. You, you don't even. You're not confident because this is big for us this week because you and I are tied right now. Because I, you know, I first off, I gave you that Charger game. No, the Chargers yeah, the are just Chargers classic Chargers. Well, the, the char you have twenty-seven, nothing. I mean, Jesus, I don't care. If you, I don't care if you're the Houston Texans. You should be able to win the football game at that point. But anyway, it, besides the point. I got to tell you, I've been going back and forth on this game. You know, I got to tell you, I, I I still can't even decide on it. I can't. I I I, I cannot. I can't decide. Oh, man. You know, I really, you know, it's funny because everybody's talking about Purdy all week. You know, Jalen Hurts is really going to have a big test this week. Because who did Jalen Hurts really play this year on his schedule? That was beyond tough. He, he, uh, to me, he didn't play anybody that was overly tough this year on the schedule. The Eagles had an easy schedule this year, too. Now, San Francisco's schedule was easy as well. Here's the difference. Hurts was second round pick. Brock Purdy was seventh round pick. Gotta remember that. Now, this is a rookie quarterback. I believe four rookie quarterbacks in their history have gone on the road into championship games and have all lost, if I'm not mistaken. I think Kurt Warner was the only one that won. Kurt, yeah. What, was he a rookie with the Rams? I, yeah, he was. He, Brock Purdy is one of four, four, four quarterbacks to make the conference championship. Kurt Warner was the one that won. Here's the thing. Brady won in his second year. I want to see if Philly's defense is able to stop San Francisco's offense. That's the matchup. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, I feel like everybody's talking about San Francisco's defense. You know, everybody's talking about San Francisco's offense versus Philly defense. I want to see Philly's defense be able to stop San Francisco's offense with their weapons. Because I don't know. I'm not sure. Call me crazy. Call me nuts. Because I know you're going to pick Philly. I know you're going to pick Philly. That's what makes this intriguing. And I see it on your face. You're going to pick Philly, Speedy. And that's fine. That's okay. Because you saw they, 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 they took the Giants last week. They put them on their knee and they spanked them. Yeah. That's what they did. Oh. I'm sticking with the Brock Purdy bandwagon. I'm going with the Niners in this game. Call me crazy. It's definitely the over-under is 46. I'm going to go with the under in that. It's going to be a very good defensive game. It's whoever's going to make a mistake first. Because Purdy's a game manager. Purge to me is more of a risk taker. San Francisco has the defensive speed to be able to maintain Philly's offense in my eyes. That's the thing, right? Right? We talk about that. The San Francisco speed on defense can maintain Philly's offensive speed of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Goddard. They're not going to be able to run the football. And I want to see the matchup. How healthy is Lane Johnson this week? He had it easy last week, right? Because Kevon Thibodeau decided, hey, I'm going to take a week off. Yeah. He's got Nick Bosa this week. That's a whole different ballgame. Give me the Niners in a close game. I'll say 24-21. Robbie Gold gets a field goal in the end, and the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and Brock Purdy's having the t- 
time of his life for the next two weeks. That would be something. an un, a Mr. Irrelevant Super Bowl. Let me tell you, Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than Sirianni. And by the way, can I just say one thing before you go, Speedy? Yep, go I want somebody to smack around Nick Sirianni because he doesn't shut the hell up. What an obnoxious SOB. He had really taken on that Philly attitude. It pisses me off. He is an annoying person. I hope the 49ers beat them. Well, yes, as a Giants fan, I do hope the well, 49 Of course you want Philly. I don't know. I don't want the I, of course I want Philly to lose. Yes. Uh, now, here's the thing with the uh, the Niners defense. You're right. They have a, definitely a lot of matchup advantages in this game that I do like. I like the speed of the linebacker position in particular to be able to contain Jalen Hurts running. And Nick Bosa, I, don't be surprised if they try to move him around the line, too, because Jordan, Jordan Mailata, who's been a good left tackle, still better I, as a run blocker than a pass blocker. Okay, what are you saying? I was going to say, who was the linebacker that stayed speed for speed with CeeDee Lamb last week on the Niners? Fred it Warner. Was, uh, it was Fred Warner. Who oh, I've said for a while is the best coverage linebacker Fred in the league. Fred Warner, that dude, let me tell you something. He was able to say speed for speed with C.D. Lamb last week. That was impressive. I don't think the Niners are going to try that again this week. <laughs> that was impressive. Right. Now, the the one thing the Niners' defense does have a little bit of a weakness on is their outside receivers, having to be able to guard them because Traverius Ward has really struggled this postseason. D.K. Metcalf had over 130 yards, and CeeDee Lamb was really the only guy that did anything for Dallas last week at 111 yards. And A.J. Brown's got to get going at some point. Like the, He's been bad in the postseason in his career, even with the Titans, but again, that was with Ryan Tannehill. Now do you think they're going to force feed him the ball, though? No, I don't think force feed, but I do think they're going to try to get him more involved because so – He's going to smoke again on the sideline. I think what it is, it's just the best matchup advantage. Don't be surprised also if they see Charvarius Ward on Devontae Smith. Because remember, Charvarius Ward, when he was with Kansas City, was, was more of a slot corner than he was an outside corner. So they might try to move him around with Smith and maybe try to bracket Brown. And that's the matchup that worries me a little more because of their lack of corner depth. They might have to try to bracket a safety or a linebacker on A.J. Brown, if they do end up doing that, that might open up a little more running lanes for Jalen Hurts. So the Niners are definitely going to have to watch that. Great battles in the trenches. Defensive line is the Niners number one, and the offensive line for the Eagles number one. So great matchup there. The, don't be, don't expect them to be able to run the same way they did against the Giants, though. Miles Sanders, you're not a power back this week. Well, uh, uh, I was going to say, let me say this: the Eagles have a problem on run defense. Mm-hmm. I don't care that McCaffrey and Mitchell are both hurt; they're going to play. They're going to run the ball very well on them. That offensive line for San Francisco, what they did to Dallas' defensive line last week, was pretty impressive. I'll tell you that. Really quick question. Take a, take the quarterbacks out. Take Purdy out and take Hurts out. Which team has the better team overall? I think Niners slightly. There it is. Niners slightly. Now, there's a couple other things though with the Eagles offense. You're right you're right about the you're right about the the run defense as a whole. I mean the Niners offense, my bad. Christian McCaffrey will definitely get his in this game. You're not going to see him start very slow like he did against and Dallas. And hopefully, if they're Mitchell runs out of Mitchell doesn't run out of bounds again. Yeah, that's the one I don't know if he'll be as well because he was kind of inefficient. He had a couple big runs, but he still was more inefficient. Where they're going to Kyle Shanahan does love to use him, but I don't know if his style of running, which he does a lot more inside, will work on an Eagles defensive line that's a little beefier. Dallas is a lot more speed guys. Mark, Micah Parsons is a, is a speed guy. Demarcus Lawrence I is a speed Samuel guy. I to be more involved. Maybe. Week. What worries me about that is the way the Niners' offensive line played last week on the interior, though. Debo Samuel loves to do those jet sweeps in motion and sometimes gets the shovel passes inside, and Dallas did a good job of bottling that up. Well, Dallas is a better defensive line than Philly does. 
I don't think so. I, I think like, Dallas. I think Dallas has the better individual player, Micah Parsons. But I think collectively, but it wasn't just Parsons. Lawrence also had a good game last. I week. know. I'm not. I'm not saying the Dallas is bad. I'm just saying the Eagles have Brandon Graham, who had double-digit sacks last, uh, this year. They have all that depth on the interior with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph, like Jordan Davis. <laughs> they have five guys that could be d- d- are all starting capable players on that interior defensive line, and that uh, Sue is outdated by five years. That's fine, but he's still he, he might be the worst of the five, but he's still the, he's still a comparable starter. Yeah, and, but look at the run defense this year, though, Speedy. Their run defense numbers are not good. Yeah, on the outside. but the, Yeah, on the outside. And what do you think they're going to do with McCaffrey? McCaffrey, McCaffrey, yes. That's why I think McCaffrey will. Well, I just, even Mitchell, too, last year against Dallas, he ran on the outside for that big run. Mm-hmm. That, that was what it was. That that being said, I don't know about getting Debo as involved as much. I think it'll be a little harder for that kind of thing because a lot of the times he takes the tosses exotically outside or inside and then runs it outside later. The have a good offensive line too. They do, but they had some. Better than Dallas's. They could, yeah, they're definitely better than Dallas's. That they did have some concerns inside that I'm a little more worried about, and that's where I think it'll be harder for them. Now, in terms of the outside receivers, can Debo win any matchups outside against those corners? Are going to be very tough as well. No, I think Slay will be on IU. Ayuk is the one I think they're going to be able to move around, and he's still going to get open anyway. But I. Kittle is the one that I think will have the best game of those guys. The question is, can they get those other receivers involved? And their offensive line against a defensive line that gets 70 sacks is pretty insane, too. So I think as a whole, the Eagles still have a couple more advantages there that they can work with. And I think Brock Purdy will be forced into some mistakes. I don't oh, think. Oh, yeah. He's going to have mistakes that he's going to deal with. This is a different ball game that he's played with. He hasn't even been on the East Coast this year. Right. And. I think that bigger rookie mistake that they were waiting for for Brock Purdy is going to come in this game. It's going to be a tough crowd in Philadelphia. So that, as a result, you're right. I am unfortunately picking the Eagles to win this game. I want to see Jalen Hurts this week in a big spot. Uh, you're he right. He hasn't had a good spot this they, year. Either. They haven't been a great second-half team. You're right about that. I just they think have, He hasn't had a big spot to deal with this year either. Him and, him and Purdy, when I look at the two of them, what big spot has Jalen Hurts had to do this year when this team has been down in the fourth quarter? No, you're right. Most of their stops have been – most of their close games are defensive stops. I That's go fair. by more of the depth. That's what I go by for the – with all the depth of the team. And the 49ers to me – first off, the 49ers travel well too. We've seen it in the past. They they, did, they do well in the playoffs on the road. Yeah. They mm-hmm. do very well in the playoffs on the road. Went to Dallas last year, beat Dallas. Almost beat the Rams last year in the championship game. I don't – I want to see them this year. Now, look, Purdy hasn't been on the East Coast this year. I get that. But that's a whole different thing. Understandably so. We're going to see how he progresses throughout the game. Brock is a very good game manager is what I've come to know and see. Not that I don't believe it hurts. I want to see who's going to make a mistake first. If Purdy throws – I wouldn't be shocked if Hurts doesn't throw any interceptions and Purdy throws one and then that just tosses the entire game. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. That's the thing. But, but that's why McCaffrey is a massive safety blanket for Purdy. That's the big difference between the two. Yeah, that's that's my big difference. I do think he'll have one bad mistake, either a strip sack or an interception, something but that'll hurt them in the fourth McCaffrey quarter. Comes in speedy and no, no, no. I'm not. The, I'm not denying that. I said McCaffrey's gonna have a good game. I, I think you're, I'm talking about more of the moment, like big. I yes. think it's gonna be at a big spot, and that's why I still have the Eagles. I don't want it to happen. I still have the Eagles though winning the game. I have them 23 to 20. So I'm agreeing with you. I have them on the under as it's well. It's gonna be a very tight game. Yeah, I, I think both games are a toss-up game. I don't care. Oh yeah, I agree. I, agree. I care less than Mahomes. He's still gonna play well. Uh-huh. 
You know, which by the way, they're going to. So we're gonna get to the next game now. We're gonna be. It's gonna be in Burrowhead. Uh, that's what everybody's calling it this week. <laughs> it's gonna be in Burrowhead in Kansas City, where the Chiefs are one and a half. Are the Chiefs favorite now? Yep. Not, mm -hmm. no. so Bengals the started as the favorites by two. Then it, it shifted all week. It went line, Bengals one, Chiefs one. Now it's Chiefs one and a half. For the third, for the it went to Kansas City two and a half. To the to a half. To get to Cincinnati one and a half. Right. Cincinnati one. Mm -hmm. Back to Kansas City one and a half. Okay. So people watched the practice yesterday and they said, okay, we're going to go Kansas City for the half, one and a half. Yeah. And I think okay. you we got to look at the uh, the forty eight over under. 48 over under. Yes, it is. I like that. I, I think that's definitely, I think to me that's an over. Yeah, that, it's interesting because you look at the way that Andy Reid will be able to game plan now, having a full week of preparation. I think do, doing in the second quarter, I mean, he did, I think he still did well amidst all that, between, between Chad Henney and Isaiah Pacheco, getting those guys going. Guys that maybe are lesser expected to have big games. Kelsey's going to get his. 14 catches, 98 yards. He's going to get he is, his. Now, he is questionable, but he is going to play. Of course he's going to play. A lot of these injury reports now are just precautionary at this point. Same kind of thing with the Niners, Debo, McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell all listed. Questionable, but they're all going to play. It's NFC and AFC Championship game time. That being said, I think Andy Reid now, having a little bit more time to prepare, I think he'll be able to get the guys in space and make it easier for Mahomes where he doesn't have to do everything like athletically all throughout the game. Now, he's still going to have his runs. He's still going to have his throw on the runs. But I, I think you're going to try to see him take it easier in the first quarter, in the first half, and try to get guys involved yards after the catch. Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to admit it, I think this could be a good Kadarius-Tony game because I think – He's going to get a lot of shovel passes. You saw Devontae Smith blow you up last week, and the Cow and the Eagles traded up. Down yeah, don't remind me. That was a very rough draft night. Hopefully, whatever third round compensation pick that the Giants got for Kadarius Tony can turn into a player like that. But I doubt that's going to happen. But matchup wise, I do think it's a good advantage for Kadarius Tony because I think Mike Hilton's going to get a lot of juju attention. I think uh, Orvaldis Scantling, either one of them, Eli Apple's going to probably get the other one. Because he's had trouble with big plays still. Even though he's had a good year for his standards, he's had trouble with big plays. So that leaves either a hybrid safety corner in Cam Taylor-Britt, who's a rookie, or a linebacker on a faster Kadarius Tony. And I think that could be a match advantage Andy Reid could exploit. I also like their offensive line, too, on the interior to be able to protect Mahomes if he does have to stay in the pocket a lot. DJ Reader is a good player, but he's more of a run stopper. And... They don't have the interior depth as a pass rush perspective like the Eagles do. So I think that's a matchup they could take advantage of. Now, their raw running game with Pacheco and, Mc and Jarek McKinnon running-wise, that won't be a little harder. The Bengals are a very good run defense. But I do think McKinnon receiving, just like last year, is another matchup to watch. On the Bengals side, Jamar Chase is going to get his. <laughs> he had 460 career yards against the Chiefs already, which is insane. Can they find their other receivers to get going finally? T. Higgins, boy, had the nice touchdown against the Bills, but collectively in yards, he really hasn't had that kind of success this year. Elijarius Sneed is a pretty good slot corner. Hayden Hurst, I think, has a nice game as well. The Chiefs, not great safeties to be able to guard tight ends. But can they get Joe Mixon to get going? Yeah. Can they get Joe Mixon going two weeks in a row is going to be a question. I like Samaj P. Ryan. Again, this is another game that I think is going to be a toss-up. Oh, I love Samaj P. Ryan, especially out in the flat. Mm -hmm. He was a big spark plug for them great. last year in their comeback. They are down 21-3. to He had that touchdown in the third quarter and played very well the rest of the game. Yeah. All the Chiefs had to do was win that game. I placed a 10-hour bet on a 10-leg parlay, and mm. I hit nine of them. Uh -huh. And I would have won, I believe the outcome was if I hit it all, I would have won 
think it would have been 200 grand. Wow. Damn. And all the Chiefs had to do was cover. They <laughs> lost. Damn, that is brutal. That's the only part that I lost in the parlor. Hell yeah. And that's uh, and Andy Reid did it his first year with the Chiefs, and he did it last year with the Chiefs. So yeah, the, the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I, this is, you're right. This is going to be a toss-up type game. The only thing that I worry about with the Bengals a little more is their interior offensive line because Buffalo, like you were saying, without Von Miller, doesn't really have that feature number one type pass rusher. I like Rousseau. I like Basham. They're good players, but I don't think there any of them are top pass rushers. Like Chris Jones, I think, will be a tougher nightmare for this Bengals offensive line. Frank Clark coming back. He didn't play in the Week 13 game. I think that'll be tough. And also the Bengals, we've seen them also this year kind of play down to not necessarily – backup quarterbacks because Mahomes is still great anyway but like you look at they lost to Cooper Rush they lost to Jacoby Brissett even the first playoff game with the Ravens like ugh like <laughs> Tyler Huntley and like they, they kept the teams afloat and I, I just don't like that from a game planning perspective and also the red zone offense is a bit of issue this year for the Bengals so that being said this is a one point game give me the Chiefs 21-20 oh, first off really quick who, the Bengals defensive coordinator. Lou Anamaro. How the hell does this guy not get a job interview? Because defensive coaches usually don't get I don't him. care. <laughs> That's why. And Wick Mardell gets one. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is this crap? It's Jim Ursay. Nobody, nobody, nobody said he was the brightest uh, you know, either. Everybody and their mother on Sean McVay's staff gets an interview. And yep. It doesn't, I don't know. doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. I've been on the Bengals bandwagon for the last few weeks. Joe, Joe Cool, they call him Joe Burrow, looked fantastic against Buffalo last week. Okay? Looked great. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got T. Higgins. He's got Tyler Boyd. Hunter Henry, all of a sudden, he looks like Travis Kelsey 2.0 all of a sudden. I don't know where the hell that came from. That was weird with Hunter Henry last week. I don't know where that. And then they got the other slot receiver, number 16. Trenton who, Irwin. Who good Irwin. That guy catches everything. That guy's got... He's got Gorilla Glue on his hands. That kid, that kid catches every ball. Here's the tough thing about Kansas City. And I was going to bring it up and then Snug kind of stole my thunder, but that's okay. Snug. Mahomes is used to extending plays. How the hell is he going to extend plays this week? With that ankle. With that, Cincinnati's going to bum rush the crap out of him early in that game to test it out to see where he is. If you clearly see that he's running, they're going to adjust the game plan. Mahomes has to step and plant that that foot. I don't know in that weather how he's going to do that. They're going to shoot that ankle up like halftime during Varsity Blues. Okay? Where they shot the crap out of that ankle with stuff. I don't hate you, Snug. I love you. You know that. To me... I don't like how the defense of Kansas City matches up against the Cincy offense. Terrible matchup for them. Cincy's offensive line looked unbelievably stout last week. Now, remember, a lot of those guys that did come in for the injured players, they were on that Super Bowl run last year. They have experience. You've seen it too with Cincinnati. They're great. They're another team. They're great on the road. They've done this before. Joe Burrow is as calm as cool and collected as any young quarterback in this league you can make the case he is he's even keel nothing gets to him just rides the wave i love 
the fact that in my eyes, what I saw Cincinnati do to Buffalo last week was way more impressive than what Kansas City did to Jacksonville. Not even close. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one. I'm going to say 31 for the Bengals. 20 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. I don't think it's... I, I think it will stay close for a bit. I want to see this Cincinnati line go after Mahomes. And if he gets hit, how does he react to it? How does he react? Now, Kelsey's a bad matchup for them. I get that. They know this already. They're not the Jaguars defense, who just leaves them 20 yards down the field, which is ridiculous. I don't understand. Give me the Bengals. I'm riding the wave with Cincinnati in this one with Houday Nation. Gonna go with it. Speedy, this is gonna basically this is gonna be the end be all end all this weekend for us. I mean, yeah, if we both <laughs> if we both get a game we're we're still tied, then the Super Bowl's the tiebreaker. Or yeah, there could be well, a there sweep. is a rumor around that apparently Arrow's flying you and I to uh, the Super Bowl in Arizona this year. Oh, is that a rumor? <laughs> who, who, who told you that one, Carl? I did, I did hear that. He told me because you're going to your to the shoe thing tomorrow at yep. Center. Yes, we are. Which he, I know he invited me to go with you guys as well, and I can't go. But he did tell me that he says I bought you and Speedy round trip flight tickets and a hotel right to Phoenix, and I got you Radio Row. That's what he told me. Mm-hmm. You don't believe me, do you? No, I, 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 he would have probably told me. If, if <laughs> he would have. T- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, again, based on how uh, Errol now, uh, was in the Super Bowl, do you think he's trying to get there? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, you're. But yeah, you're, you're. You're right though. Like, we could have a clean sweep, and one of us could completely clinch for the postseason, or maybe, you know, or or nothing could happen, or maybe or maybe it's 49ers Chiefs, and we're both split. That's so. a good point. So one of us each could pick the game, and then we go into next week with the Super Bowl. Yeah, and the Super Bowl that's would it. be the tiebreaker. And, I will tell you this. I love the Cincinnati matchup for Kansas City. Okay. Love it. Now, if Mahomes was home, I was going to pick Cincinnati regardless whether Mahomes was healthy or not. That was. Oh, okay. All right. What I saw them do to Buffalo last week in Buffalo, they slapped them around. And it, I ask you this quick question. When is Sean McDermott going to start to get blamed for this? Yeah, it's interesting because I think sometimes they are too talent. Yeah, they're starting to become talent reliant, and that's not that's not a good postseason identity. You still need to do some things that are unexpected. And he gets no blame for any of this. Yeah, they the the coaching staff as a whole with the Bills was not great in the Miami game either. They oh, won. Leslie Frazier was awful. Yeah, and and, I, and, I, and it's so funny they kept talking about. Frazier getting a head coaching job. What about the Cincinnati defensive coordinator job who smacked him around? Well, yeah, he's not going to get a head coaching job because he's a re- he's a retry. Remember, he coached Minnesota already as a head coach. Well, I thought was I thought he got a raw deal. I thought he was better than he was given, but still, All like Tony Romo did was just cop- and Tony. And by the way, I'm not even going to get to Romo this week. He was awful this week. It was so annoying and condescending. It's and Romo crazy. in the playoffs. What do you expect? And literally, he looked. He sounded like Speedy. He had no freaking idea what the hell he was talking about or he was prepared because he flat out said during the game I think Dallas has a shot at this game but San Francisco is tough to play at home yeah 
No crap, Sherlock. We know this already. You're telling us stuff that we know that a five-year-old probably could have guessed. Okay? Again, so it's Tony Robo in the playoffs. He's not good under pressure. Well, we know that, clearly. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and to me, it, it, McDermott needs to start getting blamed. Yeah, they're starting to. They regressed this year. Say what you want. They regressed this year. No, yeah, and they're 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 another one. They're like I say it all the time with the Chargers. Like they're another one that's starting to get that notion of not being great in close games either. Now they beat the Ravens. Should not be the number two receiver, Speedy. Well, yeah, there's also that issue. They have no running back. Their offensive line is not that good. Yep. And, and, that's, and once you guard Diggs, that's it. Their game plan is over. Mm-hmm. And when Diggs is being shut down by Eli Apple, of all people. Yes. Yeah, that's the problem. And then, and then Diggs walks out and doesn't talk to the media. So they, yeah. Well, well, thank you for joining us, Speedy. Uh, good luck to you this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, hope I, actually, I actually hope you're right. I'm actually rooting for Bengals 49ers. I but. know you're rooting. You, you know. Actually, you know what? You could stay on for the end because we're going to do our buzzer beater now because I think I did everything. I think I went through everything. So we're going to do the buzzer beater now. All right. You want to play it? Thank you. And my buzzer beater this week is in regards to Jay Briscoe and how Warner Brothers Discovery finally gave AEW the okay to do the, a real tribute for Jay Briscoe this past week on AEW Dynamite. I thought it was as respectful, as beautiful. Seeing Mark, his brother, wrestle one of Jay's best friends, Jay Lethal, in the main event this week it was fantastic. It was great. I loved it. And to me, flowed perfectly. So. Yes, uh, AW hit it out of the park this week with that. And by the way, shame on Dave Meltzer for even giving that match a star rating. It's a tribute match, you fool. Okay? It's not meant for a rating. Get it together. Speedy, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, congrats on the on the McNeil signing as well. Yes, you. I love it. Absolute bargain. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Now they got to get Alonso locked up. And of course, I was going to say the Mets aren't going to be able to sign him either. So. That was the one I wanted them to sign two years ago. We'll see. Hopefully they can get something. Listen, one day at a time. You know, we just got to do one at a time. Listen, they're trying to go after Otani next year. Didn't you hear? Yeah, no, of course they are. Yeah, so that's what it is. But Speedy, enjoy the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go, again, you can listen to our show and other shows as well right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can download our app. It's completely free. If you have an iPhone or an Android, you can go to the stores, type in WWSRN. We're also on WorldWideSportsRadio.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. I know the guys have the weekend crunch uh, tomorrow, so you can listen to that 1039. Whenever the Islander game ends. Whenever the, the Islander game is done. It's usually around 10, 1030, whenever the Speaking post-game of, stuff is done and the press conferences. Garbage, I'm not even going to get to the Islanders. Holy God. Boy, that's a – talk about a sinking ship. No pun intended with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, oh, God. What a joke. They're, they're going from the fishermen to the ice fishermen because it's just something. cold. And I said this to people two years ago, and everybody got mad at me when Lou won executive of the year. I said it has nothing to do with him. It's all Barry Trotz. Lou sunk the devils down before he left, went to Toronto, was a disaster, and now he's doing it with the Islanders. The guy hasn't won a Stanley Cup in over 20 years. And also, Kenny's show is Sunday. Okay, we all got to remember this, Speedy. Kenny's show is Sunday. Right? Thank you, Kenny. Yes. Well, it's more snug. It's like his free freaking promo guy. I hope he's on the payroll for Kenny. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Snug, snug might uh, just do Kenny things complimentary. Oh, like I said, I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of your weekend. Enjoy the football game Sunday. If you're watching the uh, Royal Rumble tomorrow night for the WWE, enjoy that on Peacock uh, tomorrow night. You can watch that. That's my favorite pay-per-view. 
Everybody, enjoy the games. Speedy, I'll talk to you next week, man. Have yep. a good weekend. Thank you so much for listening right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This has been Game On. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.